Welcome back to Tectotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. On this episode, we are talking to Gil Weinberg. He makes musical robots. This is Tectotopia. A quick question for you freelancers out there. If you could reclaim up to 192 hours a year of your precious time, would you? If you're doing the math, 192 hours of work is two working days per month. See, our friends at FreshBooks make ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for freelancers. And they're the architects behind this question, and for good reason. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 5 million people to deal with their paperwork. That's not enough incentive. The FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. When tax time does roll around, you'll find tidy summaries of your expense reports, your invoice details, your sales tax summaries, and a lot more. If you're a freelancer listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com tech and enter Technotopia in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Gil Weinberg. He's director of Georgia Tech Center for Music Technology. Uh, welcome, Gil. Hi. Hi. So, so we met first, gosh, it's been uh, 2012, 2012, and you showed me a marimba playing robot that blew my mind. Why don't you tell me what you guys do at the, uh, at the center? So in my group at the center, which is a robotic musicianship group, we develop robots that can listen to music, so they can understand music, and they can improvise. And lately, we moved into robots that can actually uh, compose their own music. We're using all kinds of uh, algorithms to push the envelope of what music can be, so it can be interesting, inspiring. Uh, our motto is listen like humans and improvise like machines, in other words, the robots has to understand music the same way we do, so they can connect with us, but also play like we don't, so they can be interesting for us and different than humans. And Shimon is maybe the, the biggest, um, most uh, interesting project. It has been around for about 10 years now. I have students coming, developing new algorithms, graduating, uh, like five generations of students working uh, on, on this project, trying to really push the envelope of what robots can create that will be surprising and interesting and mm -hmm. inspiring so why don't you describe what this looks like uh, it's it's got it's it plays a marimba which is like a xylophone right it's got that but then what else does it do it has a neck and a head and a camera and some people ask me hey a musical robot why why does it have to have a neck and a head and a camera and that's because uh, music is a lot about the visual cues it's a lot about the physicality uh, we have been dancing for music for uh, you know uh, since the dawn of time and when a robot plays with you and also looks at you, so it looks at how you move, it can anticipate better, it can coordinate its gestures better. Uh, when you look at it, you can do the same. So if uh, you play a particular beat and the robot starts to bob its head in the right beat, you're immediately grooving together in a much more expressive way than if it's just a computer program that, that doesn't move. So it's important for us to not only have the acoustic sound, which is richer than electronic sound, I believe, uh, you know, influenced by humidity in the room and so on. There's mm -hmm. a lot of interesting stuff there, but also the gesturals and the embodied cognition. 
embodied cognition is a big part of what we're looking for. That's a new field of research which basically says that our mind, our cognition, is influenced by our body. It's not uh, separate. There's no mind and body, Descartesian kind of uh, separation. And one example that I usually give to uh, explain this is that as a pianist, I'm, I'm, I'm playing piano, uh, I will never come up with an idea that will require me to have 11 fingers mm -hmm. because all of my ideas are influenced mm -hmm. and built on the fact that uh, my mind knows that I have 10 fingers and uh, all of the algorithms that, uh, oh, sorry, all of the internal algorithms, my own thinking about music uh, will be influenced by that. So we try to build robots that will have sim. Okay. Um, so how does this, how does this expand into, um, different robotic systems where there were, you recently released a video where, uh, human beings were jamming, uh, with the, with Shimon and also the drummer actually had a, a prosthesis that allowed him to do all sorts of crazy beats and patterns with that. How does this expand out, uh, from how does this rope, how does this musical robot help us build future robots? So uh, let me say first a little bit about the uh, prosthetic. Mm -hmm. This is a recent uh, research direction that we took after developing separate entities, like robots that, which are separate that can uh, be in the world and not part of your body. We went into actually having uh, prosthetics and orthotics <coughs> and wearable robotics as an interesting research area. And this actually started with an amputee drummer who contacted us and said, he lost his arm, it was like five or six years ago, and uh, he wanted to have a robotic uh, arm that would allow him to play again and simulate his wrist. He didn't have a wrist, he, he was amputated just below the elbow, and he wanted to be able to, to grasp the stick tight or, or soft, and we are doing robots and music, so we found us online and said, can you build something uh, like that for us? And of course I said, yes, that's very interesting, but I asked him, are you also interested in expanding what uh, mm -hmm able to do, not just bring you back what you lost, but actually make you a superhuman in a way. And he was a good sport, said sure. And then we developed with the help of a company called Mecca, we developed a prosthetic uh, arm that has two sticks. Uh, one stick is under his control with EMG and, and lately with ultrasound control and uh, wow. sensing muscle. But the other stick can actually uh, understand the music and play by itself. It has, a, we call it a stick with a mind of its own. So suddenly his own body come up with ideas that he has to respond to. Uh, and not only that, but each one of the sticks can play 20 hertz, meaning it can play 20 hits per second, which is much better. <laughs> so now he can play rhythms and polyrhythms. I imagine one stick is playing 20 hertz, the other stick is playing 19 hertz, and suddenly you have all kinds of sophisticated rhythms that no humans can play. So not only he... He can play like he used to. He can play more than anyone. And actually, he has all kind of drummers, you know, heavy metal drummers and so on, that emailing me and, and calling him and saying pretty much, you know, almost, I will, I will be willing to lose my arm almost just to be to have this kind of ability to create uh, so interesting and fast and virtuosic uh, rhythms. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so that's one one approach. Lately, we actually went uh, and made it made help. Jason become a pianist. He was not a pianist before, but our interest was to get more accurate and specific <coughs> information from the muscle to be able to allow to operate finger by finger. And there's no prosthetic arm, smart prosthetic arm today that can do that uh, because the muscles are very noisy and the EMG, the electromyography from the muscle cannot really uh, produce information that will allow you to operate finger by finger. And then we had a mistake 
you know, a lucky mistake. We went to, to a lab where we wanted to put EMG in needles in his arm to actually uh, get a better, understand, better connection to the muscle. But we didn't know where to put the needles exactly, to where the muscles. And there was an ultrasound machine there next to us. So we said, okay, let's look at with the ultrasound exactly what muscle moves when he moves uh, uh, his different fingers so we know where to put the needle-based EMG. And then when we looked at the finger, it was like a eureka. Uh, we looked at the image from the ultrasound. We saw that it's a very complex relationship, but with our naked eye, we could see that when he moves his thumb, a certain set of muscles move in a certain direction. When he moves his pinky, a different set of muscles move in a different direction. And suddenly we said, hey, we don't need EMG. We don't need to, to sense the electric activity of his muscle. We can just look at the image of his muscles and use some deep learning uh, uh, technology, we use convolutional neural networks to understand exactly what's the correlation between what set of muscles move and what finger is being uh, controlled. And we connected it to a prosthetic arm and now Jason can play piano. Uh, we have uh, a few videos that he can actually uh, play songs and, 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 you know, explore other ways to become expressive. Now, does he, he had to, he had to learn piano. The, the hand isn't doing the, doing the playing for him. It's basically, he he got the ability to play piano. Now he now he's learning how to play the piano. Exactly. He just okay. does what he would have done if he had an arm. Uh, we are not look, connecting to his uh, brain or, or to the neurons. We're just looking at the muscle. Uh, he moves his phantom arms as if he had uh, mm -hmm. a finger, and then we sense it and and control their prosthetic arm. So if we extrapolate out to 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 the future, this the, the ability to play guitar, for example, would be would be even more complex, and that leads to that leads to really real world applications of this of this technology, right? We uh, are looking at commercializing this. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, if we can control finger by finger, you can do something. You know, uh, <coughs> bathing, grooming, eating, uh, all of these daily activities that amputees cannot do these days. Uh, this this can have commercial potential, definitely. Are you guys running in parallel with the traditional prosthetics uh, industry, or are you guys leapfrogging it? Has music helped you guys in any special way uh, to give you better insights on this whole thing? Yeah, I believe that in this sense we are leapfrogging. The ultrasound uh, technology was unique. No prosthetic arm uses that. And yes, uh, also to the second question, which is my spiel about music is that if you can create something that will be believable in music, that you can have a pianist play something that will sound mm -hmm. good. If you have, a, a, you know, a robot that will play music that you would like to listen, that means that you created something that will pass any other scenario or many other scenarios. It's like the Uncanny Valley, right? So once you pass, once you mm -hmm. get out of the Uncanny Valley, you can you can recreate very, very realistic, realistic motion. Exactly, because music is very, it's one of the most demanding media in terms of accuracy and timing. Uh, accuracy in location. You know, if you if you press a finger on the right point uh, on the string, you will sound. You will hear a good sound. If not, you will not. So if I can create a robot that plays a guitar, or in our case, a piano or a drum, that will actually sound good, that means that we have the dexterity and the timing and the coordination, synchronization, all, all the low-level subtlety and dexterous control that will be useful in many other scenarios. Okay. Uh, you when we were talking about this podcast, you wanted to mention a little bit about. Uh, uh, sexuality and robots. Uh -oh. uh, I'm worried. I'm worried that what's going on in that in your workshop. But uh, but why don't you tell us what you're up to? <laughs> I'm not up to it. <laughs> uh, I saw that on your uh, uh, website. There's some talk about it, and I thought, hey, that'd be interesting. I think at this point, my robots are ready to play nice uh, Isaac Hayes kind of music for, okay. for, for sex, and maybe I don't know if you want to 
have a camera and they can have it. But uh, this goes to talk, you know, uh, the, the love and sexuality and, and soul is something that I have been asked about. Uh, because when you look at music, obviously musicians would talk about soul and, and, and the expression and emotions. Will robots ever have emotions and will they have soul? And that's an interesting question. And some purist uh, will tell me, yeah, it sounds interesting. It's it's kind of, uh, you know, analytically I'm, I'm interested, but it doesn't touch me uh, in, in, in the way that music that is emotional touches me. And my, I can have maybe two, two answers for that. Uh, so the first one is, right, in the foreseeable future, uh, humans will not, uh, sorry, robots will not have soul in a way that we uh, currently talk about soul. Also, mm -hmm. it depends what you mean by soul. But uh, the idea is currently, for me, is for humans to bring their emotions and their uh, soul and their expression and all kind of things that, that uh, humans are good at and, and robots may don't have. And robots bring their mechanical abilities, playing 20 hertz, and, and their cognitive ways of using algorithms that humans will never use. We use fractals and we use genetic algorithms and all kinds of things that humans never use. And together with the emotion and soul and uh, expression of humans and mechanical abilities and algorithmic uh, ways and, you know, memories that cannot be compared by humans, you can bring mm -hmm. something exactly as it was like 10 minutes ago because, because it's stored in your memory. And together there will be a spark uh, that will create amazing uh, music and amazing experience, and that will be inspiring for you. So that's an but interesting point. So, so sorry to, sorry to interrupt, but I think hmm. that's that's pretty fascinating. The idea that that music does require a sort of muscle memory. I, I play guitar, and I know I know certain things. I can do certain things. I can't I can't do them very well, but that's why I'm a writer or whatever. Uh, but getting that muscle memory, just just learning the first couple chords, you kind of remember that forever. But there's also the aspect of of additional of, of randomness, or I guess you could say some sort of fractal or genetic algorithm managing the way I replay "No Woman, No Cry" whenever I'm get drunk at parties, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I think it's a combination of of both. You know, the analytical and the emotional, and some kind of uh, predetermined. Um, Rules and sometimes the improvisation. I'm really big on improvisation. Robots that improvises uh, is is my main goal. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, in in this particular answer for will robot have souls, it's about a combination of both that will create a spark. But I also have a different answer sometimes when when I want to be a little more uh, controversial. And and that is that robot will have soul. Uh, and we don't know exactly what soul is, but it will definitely have the appearance of of a soul. Uh, because, you know, if a if three-pound lump of gray matter, uh, obeying nothing but the law of physics that we know, uh, can give rise to first-person experience like the self and the soul, mm -hmm. uh, why couldn't a heavier electronic lump uh, do the same? Basically, it's deterministic rules uh, and some uncertainty in the quantum level, maybe, that we that, that gave rise to what we look uh, as consciousness or soul or something that... Uh, you know, is, is not completely uh, understandable by science and logic. And there's a lot of uh, studies that show that we maybe not have a soul that is one thing that is co completely uh, uh, unique and soul uh, and, and you know, one aspect of our mind is designed to, to show soul. You know, uh, when you split the brain, sometimes you, know, you have severed corpus callosus, you, you'll see how you have more than one conscious. You have multiple consciences. They gave studies for people that have severed corpus uh, callus, and uh, they, they ask them to, to dress themselves. And 
you can see how one arm is trying to put the pants on and when the other arm is trying to take the pants off. So, so pe people are really getting confusing and it's not one thing that is leading to consciousness. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, Marvin Minsky calls it a society of mind. You have all kinds of modules that kind of compete to, to become in the foreground. And I think- An orchestra, uh, right? Like an orchestra, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's all about music. We're all going back to music. Uh, and I believe that uh, if you continue to develop it into the model, uh, it will be more complicated. Um, maybe deep learning will lead to something, maybe something else. Uh, we are going to interact in the world with entities that have souls, and that will also have musical uh, implications. And the, the quality of the music will, will get to this uh, emotional world where you know, it gives you shivers down your spine or, or makes you cry or get you ecstatic or, or blow your mind or the, whatever makes you listen to music. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's my goal. I put the line in the sand pretty high. Uh, yeah. I, I want to create music that will make you cry, John. What are, <laughs> and I think, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, from what I've seen of what you guys are doing, that's, uh, it's, it's not, we're not that far off. I mean, I think it's fascinating the idea that, that, a, uh, that as mammals, like we, we created that shiver response, basically. That was our fur standing up on end when we were here. Howls, right? That's sort of, a, a sort of an ancient mammalian response. <clears throat> um, yeah. which... And today, I don't know about you, but today... There are not too many activities other than music that gives me that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think about when you have the shivers, the chills. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe when I watch a movie or, or some, it's mostly artistic expressions. And for mm -hmm. me, it happens mostly uh, or in the last several years, maybe only when I listen to music. What happens uh, with Shimon in, uh, in 20 years? What does he look like? Or he, she, I guess. Yeah, whatever you like. Yep. Uh, I, I think that uh, it will become something that that will be all over I, I believe that robots there will be more and more uh, music um, robots and Shimon hopefully will be one of the first ones to be remembered uh, it, what's interesting about Shimon but it's also a limitation is that it's kind of limited there are things that he can do that no one can do it has eight arms uh, so so even the best uh, marimba player doesn't have uh, eight sticks. Sometimes you can put four sticks. Uh, Shimon has eight, so he can create chords that humans can't, and so on. So and also the algorithm uh, are sophisticated using uh, processes that humans don't. But it's also limited. Uh, the, a very basic first-year student of marimba can do stuff that Shimon can't. Hmm. Uh, for example, play a chromatic scale going up and down. Uh, Shimon's hands are bigger than one note, and it's pretty complicated for Shimon to move all of its eight arms doing the path planning to play a, a very fast or even a relatively fast uh, chromatic scale. So it has limitations, and we build on these limitations. We, we think everyone, you know, that's part of the embodied cognition. The music that you play is based on, on, on your body. And I think there will be more and more robots with less limitations, but uh, there will always be some limitations, maybe limitations that uh, we will never be able to, to uh, have something that will have better quality and better abilities than um, humans. Uh, but I think there will be more of them. And I do not think they will take human jobs. And many people ask me, do you think, <laughs> are you evil? Uh, will robots, you know, we're okay with robots uh, replacing uh, factory workers. We, 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 you know, after the Luddite and everything, we, we, we're okay with that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're even okay with uh, robots doing something a little smarter, like cleaning our, our carpets. Uh, so it knows where to move, avoid obstacles. We, we, we learn to live with that. But are you going to take music from us? Are you going to take the most expressive emotional activity, one of the most expressive emotional activities of, of human and, and give it to robots? And obviously the answer is no. Uh, we're here to actually inspire human, to push humans to uncharted uh, uh, domains. And it's always uh, about 
having robots and humans together on stage. And I usually give the example, I have a couple of examples that, that I, I, I give to people who are afraid of robots taking over, uh, especially in the artistic slash musical world. Mm -hmm. Think about the camera. Uh, when the camera was invented, everyone was concerned that, hey, now there will be no need for painters. A whole class of, of uh, occupations of painters that were used to paint very realistically uh, up until that point, uh, you don't need them anymore. And, and see today what happened. Not only that painting is live and well, but actually maybe the camera, maybe, helped develop new genres, impressionism, expressionism, things that are less realistic. Suddenly there was no interest in trying to really have a noble person really portrayed accurately because the camera could do it. And, and we, we have new genres, new painters exploring and pushing the envelope of painting. And obviously it created a whole new industry of photography. You have many photographers now think that didn't happen in the 18th and mm -hmm. yeah, the late 19th century. So more, since the invention of a camera, more uh, jobs were created. Similar the vinyl, everyone was concerned, that's a more musical example, uh, everyone was concerned when the vinyl, Berliner invented the vinyl uh, in the early... Uh, you're not going to be playing piano in your house anymore, you're going to be playing records. Exactly. Uh, you don't need to go and see an orchestra uh, and uh, all the musicians, what will they do? Uh, it will kill jobs. And again, not only that uh, live performances is probably the most... Um, beneficial activity uh, now for musicians, that's how they make them, the, um, the money um, and, and not necessarily only from recordings. Uh, of course, they make some money from recordings as well, uh, but also it generated new genres. You know, you wouldn't have scratching. You, you may not even have hip hop the way we you know You wouldn't even have the Beatles, right? So, so, yeah. basically, so basically you're saying that the uh, that, <laughs> that musicians are cranky all the time, and every time something changes, uh, like going electric, right? You, you were able to play for more people in a bigger audience. You created an entire new, entirely new genre that way. Right, and, and, and the fears that it will kill music or kill expression and, and so on, you know, is, is always being proved wrong. Uh, are we going to listen to music in 20 years? Are we going to listen to music in 50 years? Sure, and you may have your robotic uh, orchestra at home, <laughs> a little disc and put it, and it will recreate uh, the sound uh, with acoustic instruments. I'll, I'll call. See. I'll call mine Gil, and it'll just say, "What would you like to listen to today?" And you just, uh, I'll just tell it I want to listen to some uh, Isaac Hayes, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> with the camera, we can follow what happens. Wonderful. Gil Weinberg, uh, where can people uh, see some videos of Shimon? So we have a website called shimonrobot.com mm -hmm. with a few videos. But uh, I, we are now working on a new show. that, that we, It's not uh, on the website yet. It's a rock opera mm -hmm. that is about AI and it's using music created partly by AI. We're even thinking that the lyrics will be created by AI. And it is kind of a, a meta commentary about the, the promises and the risk of AI by using the fact that we actually create the artistic content using AI. Uh, and we played a sneak peek of one of the songs there without the lyrics yet. Uh, if you just Google maybe AI song, Shimon, you'll mm -hmm. be able to see uh, Hopefully, it shows that we will start touring with uh, next year. Wonderful. Thank you, Gil. Uh, thank you for joining us on Technotopia. I appreciate it. It was fun. Right. This has been Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. We will see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. 
Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com.